Thank you for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed today's service. God is using the ministry of Lakeside to make a difference in many people's lives, and we have heard numerous stories of life change. If God has used the ministry of Lakeside to make a difference in your life, we would love to hear your story. Please email us at amen at lakesidechurch.ca. We've been on this series and we've been talking about a restart. And uh, what this has done for me is invoked a lot of questions in my thinking. And um, so I'm going to start off with a question for you. It's a question I would ask myself as well. But it's how many of you when you were younger, now for some of you that's really just not too long ago. For some of you it's like way back here. But whenever, whatever, how many of you when you were younger, younger than you are now, had a picture of how your life was going to turn out. You had this kind of idea in your mind, this is how my life is going to turn out. You had a list of things that would happen, you have a things that you would accomplish. You know, you had passions and a purpose, and you thought, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And you just had this sense that life was going to turn out just like this or pretty close to it. You know, you had uh, those dreams and ideas and hopes about the future. And I think all of us thought, yeah, this is the way life is going to be. But as you travel down the road, we all come to that place where it doesn't seem to materialize. It, you know, we have these dreams and they don't seem to happen and we have these expectations and things aren't working towards them and we have this idea, this direction and it seems like we're not getting any closer. And you get to that point in life and you kind of look around and say, what's happened? I thought this was going to be the way the future was going to be, but it hasn't happened. You know, maybe you thought, you know, I'm going to get married and it's going to last forever. And you did, but it didn't. And now you're single again. Or maybe you thought, I'm going to graduate from university and I'm going to use this degree and I'm going to use it specifically in a, a job that will fit it, but... You haven't had any luck finding that job, and you're kind of in a job where you really don't love it that much, and you kind of feel stuck. You think, this isn't the way I thought it was going to be. Or maybe you thought, I'm going to be in a certain financial position, uh, and, and, and yet, because of the economic realities of our culture and maybe some choices you made, things haven't materialized like you thought they would. You know, maybe with, it is with your job. You thought, I'm going to be here. I'm going to have this title, I, 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 you know, whatever. I think all of us look in, you know, the relational world, our financial world, our, our, our job world, and, those, and we had these pictures of how things were going to turn out. We had that clear picture. But these dreams and expectations, wishes, plans, or goals, whatever you want to call it, they didn't materialize as we hoped they would. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what that feels like? How many of you have thought this little phrase? How many of you have thought this little phrase sometime in your life? By the time I'm, and then you put an age, I will. By the time I'm 25, I will, I will do, I will be, I will have. By the time I'm 30, by the time I'm 35, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever. By the time I'm, I will. I think all of us have said that. I'll, go, I'll do this or that, I'll have this or that, I'll experience this or that, accomplish this or that. We all had that picture. I think... It's a reality for all of us that we had this picture that at a certain time things would be happening, but they didn't. 
And I had that. I had one of those. When I was a young funeral director in my mid-20s and I was leading a fairly large company, I thought, you know what? By the time I'm 30, I'm going to own my own funeral home. And by the time I'm 40, I'm going to have two or three. And by the time I'm 60, I'm going to be so financially well off that I will be able to retire early. None of that happened. None of it. And I thought that that was it. I believe that was the plan of my life, the direction of my life, where it would head, and it didn't materialize. All of us have dreams. We have this picture of this preferred future that for a variety of reasons, right, just didn't materialize. And I think that we had these hopes and we had these dreams and we had these expectations, but all of us hit this dreaded thing, a detour. We run into some sort of detour, something that blocks the way, something that stands in the way of the path where we think we need to go to reach the destination. But plans don't pan out and goals don't get achieved and expectations don't get met and, and things don't turn out like we hoped or they would. And we had this plan A and plan A has not materialized and we're not sure what plan B or plan C looks like. And these dreaded detours have a way of messing with us, messing with our minds and with our hearts, and they can suck the life and the joy right out of us. They can. And we can feel so stuck and so down and so discouraged. You know, you know maybe you, you know, thought, you know, by now I, will be, I would have been married and have children. That's what I thought. And you said that to yourself, but now neither of those have happened. And you go to weddings and you go to baby dedications, and you're happy for those people, but it kind of just does something on the inside of you that's not good. Or maybe it's something to do with your job, right? You're, you thought it would be this job, and you thought this job would last, and you would have this position, and somehow, by your choice or someone else's choice, that ended. And what you thought would happen didn't happen. And you kind of feel like, oh, man, I go to work every day, and I'm not sure I like it. Or maybe you thought, I'm going to start a business, but you you couldn't get it off the ground, or maybe you're there right now and you can't get it off the ground, and you're thinking, but I was so sure this was going to work. You know, maybe you were convinced that I was going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or go here, or go there, and be this, or be that, but for whatever reasons, didn't. You don't feel great about it. You feel like you're at a detour, and you feel kind of stuck. And if you're a Christ follower, you have this hope and trust in God, and when the detours happen, you sometimes wonder, well, if God has got a plan for my life and God is leading and guiding and God is directing my life, why have I hit this detour? Why has this happened to me? And we start to question that, right? Because we have these, um, you know, big dreams. Some of them are huge. Some of them are just small dreams. Sometimes we have these expectations. Some of them are reasonable. And later on, we think, oh, those are unreasonable. Sometimes we have this mental picture of how life is going to turn out and where we'll go to school and, you know, when we'll get married and the kids we'll have and the job we'll have and the house we'll have and the finances we'll have and we'll be comfortable, we'll be healthy, and we'll live a long life. And we come to look at all of those things and say, well, I think God wants me to have all of those things. And we think back to verses that say, well, it says, if I delight in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. Why? These are my desires. Why isn't God giving them to me? And sometimes we think, well, this is my picture of my preferred future, and it must be God's, and that he's going to jump in and make it happen. And when it doesn't, we have these questions. We're left with more questions than we have answers when it comes to God. You know, somebody gets cancer at 40 or fired at 52, or they get divorced, or their kids are off the charts, or they're in a dead-end job, or their marriage is mediocre, dull, and boring. And they look around and say, other people are getting what they want. They're achieving their goals. They're reaching their destination, but not me. 
How come? How come? And it can be discouraging and devastating, can't it? You can get disillusioned and you can feel very uh, sort of disheartened with it all. And you read Psalm 139, 13 to 16, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And then it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. And then there's this phrase. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And some of us conclude, well, God's got it all figured out. He has got a detailed step-by-step plan. If I just find God's plan, everything will work out and there will be no detours. And so many people spend so much time and so much energy saying, well, I think I need to get here and this is God's plan and I need to find out the specific steps that affect whatever area of my life. Well, I'm here to tell you that God has the same destination for every one of us in this room. The ultimate destination that God wants for you and for me is exactly the same. How we get there, what it looks like, uh, the road we travel, it will be unique and it will be different for all of us. But it is the same destination. God wants you and God wants me to end up at a place called peace. Shalom. That's what God wants. God wants us to arrive at a place called Shalom. It's where he wants our life to end up, the place of Shalom, that place of peace. And when you listen to the depth of this word, it's not just peace, it's so much deeper. It says that it's about flourishing and it's about wholeness and it's about well-being and delight and completeness and tranquility. It's to be satisfied and content. It means joyful living, relational harmony with God and others, material prosperity. And as one author said, it's the way things ought to be so that we can live the life we want to live. That's shalom. And that's the destination that God wants us to end up at. Because let me tell you, whatever plan you have and whatever road you're traveling, ultimately you want to arrive at a destination. And when you think about that destination, really it's what you want is what? Peace. You get to the destination, you'll have, you know, wholeness, well-being, delight, completeness, all of it. You get all of that. That's the destination. It looks different for us, but it's the same inner destination that God wants us to get to. It's all about shalom. Different steps, different pictures, different routes, same destination. And all of our dreams, desires, and expectations ultimately are what? For us. We're to find peace. That's what we want. We want the fullness of shalom, that, the entire definition. And, and so we have this destination. And then some people say, well, i got to find this specific plan. I'm here to tell you from all of my study and all of my meditating on this, we are not like parts of a chess game that God is sitting moving here, 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 and here. That is not who we are. God is a God who said, I'm going to give you this gift called choice, and you are not going to be, you know, players in a chess game. You're going to be balls on a pool table. The end destination is going to be peace, and there are bumpers, guidelines, directives, and principles you need to follow, but you can make lots of freedom of choice within the bumpers. I have people saying to me, I'm just praying that God will show me who the right woman is for me. You know, God says the right woman for you or the right man for you, if you're thinking about that. God's saying to you, here's some principles, here's some values, here's some things I want you to follow. Follow those, and the choice is wide open. 
And I think sometimes we get caught up in the specific plan idea. See, God has this destination, his peace. God gives us freedom to find that. But he wants to walk with us, and he wants to lead and guide us. It doesn't leave us on our own to roll around the table. But God wants us to get to the destination, and the destination is peace. And you may say, well, if that's the case, and I, you know, I've, I've stayed within the bumpers, I've stayed within the boundaries, and I have these roadblocks. How come? How come? Well, detours do happen. Detours do happen. And there's a number of reasons why. This is probably one of the common ones, that our choices or the choices of others create these detours, right? We think we're going to this destination, and we're going to do it our way, and we kind of ignore God's directives and principles and guidelines, and we veer off course and take a different route. We think, I know what's best to get me to that place of peace. And sometimes we make those choices and those decisions, and they create these detours. Sometimes it's a choice of others. We don't even have a say in it. Some people make these choices, and they create detours in our lives. And we're kind of like the victims of these detours, but they're still there because of that. Sometimes we take an exit ramp, an exit ramp called distractions. This is kind of like you see an exit ramp, and you're seeing all these temptation billboards, and you think, ah, yeah, no, I need to get to the destination. Ooh, but those are alluring. And sometimes it's greed, and sometimes it's materialism, or fame, or lust, or discontentment, or unhealthy appetites, or approval, or applause, or comfort, or pleasure, whatever. The billboards say, get off early, get off early, and some of us go, mm, I'm giving in to the distractions. And we get off the road, and we give in to the distraction, and then we can't find our way back, and we're stuck behind a detour. Sometimes it's this, it's unexplainable circumstances. Sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes detours come and you think, I haven't done anything. No one else has done anything. This isn't a distraction. How come? Because we live in a broken and fallen world, and Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. And sometimes we will just have things happen that will be unexplainable, but they will create these detours for us. And these are valid reasons for detours. They really are. But I think there's a, I think most often the reason we hit these detours is this. Detours are often divinely designed. God causes the detour. God allows the detour. God brings it for whatever reason. God allows them. He appoints and designs these detours. See, it says this way in this Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course. We all figure out, this is the direction I'm going. But it says, the Lord establishes their steps. God's still in control of the steps you take. And sometimes we think we're going in the right direction. And God says, mm-mm, detour, detour. And he makes them happen. You know, as, as Warren Wearsby says, I love this quote. It says, when God permits his children those of us who are Christ followers, to go through the furnace, detours, you know, when life gets kind of hard and difficult, it says he keeps his eyes on the clock and his hand on the thermostat, and his loving heart knows exactly how much and how long. But sometimes God brings these detours our way for his purpose, because of his design, for his reasons. These are interruptions to the road that we're traveling, and God does these and brings these for a number of reasons. One, one of them is this, danger. Some of it's danger. Sometimes you'll go and you'll see a roadblock across a road, and it means don't go there because this road is closed because of danger. I remember on one of the winter days, I was traveling back Woodlawn, and I usually come up number six highway, and it was closed. There was a roadblock, and it was because of the weather. It was snowing and blowing and drifting, and you could hardly see. 
And the detour was there so that I wouldn't drive into the danger. And sometimes God says, the road you're heading down, this is a dangerous one. This is going to cause problems. This is going to wreck an area of your life. I am going to put a roadblock so that you don't go there and mess up your life and hurt others. You see, sometimes we exit because of these distractions, and God puts a detour in our way because he says, these distractions down that road, it is dangerous. I'm putting up a detour. You see, that day when it was closed, Highway 6, I could have driven through Canadian Tire and gone up number 6. I could have. That was my choice. And God leaves us with that same kind of choice, that we can drive around the detours that spell danger, but God will let us experience the consequences. Just like me, if I had driven down there and driven in the road, into the ditch or hit something, I would pay the price because I ignored the warning. And sometimes they come because of danger. Sometimes they come because of discipline. Sometimes they come because of discipline. God wants to develop us. The discipline is not punishment. It's the development. Discipline is about development. And, um, you know, how many of you have been driving somewhere and, uh, you know, the road is closed for construction, right? The road is closed for construction. I mean, in Guelph, that happens all the time, right? Like there's only two seasons, winter and construction here. Have any of you living in Guelph ever wondered about the logic behind some of the road closures? Like, I know some of you have written and said, you know what, man, they had Victoria, and they had, you know, Norfolk, and they had Edinburgh, and part of the Hanlon's closed. You think, how do we get up and down? And so, you know, we all do the same thing. When that happens, we get frustrated, right? We text Mayor Guthrie. (laughs) Because he's in charge of everything. Sometimes God brings detours because he wants to do construction in our lives. He wants to discipline. He wants us to develop. See, this is such a great quote. God is more interested in your personal development than you're reaching a preferred destination. God is more interested in what's going on in you than eventually where you get. The the journey and God's work on the journey is just as important. And God is interested in you becoming who he wants you to be. And sometimes it's in these detours that he, we learn to trust or we become more reliant or we understand the depth of his love or we're willing to follow his guidelines or principles. Sometimes we learn patience that God is not in a hurry. Sometimes we build our strength or our faith or develop character. Sometimes when we hit these roadblocks, we understand where we're vulnerable and where our temptations lie, and that can keep us from making dangerous decisions. Sometimes it's just about learning to love God for who he is, not for what he does. And so, sometimes it's just about construction. Sometimes it's about God developing. And then last one is realignment. It's realignment. Because sometimes we think we're going down the right path. We think, this is the pathway that will lead me ultimately to peace, whatever that looks like at the destination. And God looks and goes, "Mm, that's not going to happen. If you go down this road, you will not find shalom. You'll find something, but you will not find shalom. And I know this to be true. In my 20s, early 20s, I made a list of all the things that I wanted to accomplish and achieve. And I thought it would take me 20 years to do that. It was kind of like my 20-year plan. I'm kind of focused, kind of a planner. And I realized that in my early 30s, I had to check everything off that list. Everything. Years early, seven, eight years earlier than I ever thought. And you would think, well, if that's the destination and I reached it, I should have peace. I had anything but peace. In fact, it might have been said it was one of those darkest times of my life. 
And God put a detour at that point in my way, and He redirected me in a different direction. He helped me to realign my life. And I got to tell you, without that detour, where God was realigning my life, I would not be in ministry today. And so these are why the detours happen. And all of us face detours because it's just one of the realities of life. The question is not so much why they happen or how do we avoid them, because you can't. The question is how do I regain my future when I find myself in a detour? And that's what I want to talk about today. You see, this is what I believe. Even if you are not where you expect to be, you can still get to where God wants you to go. Even if you're behind a detour, God still has direction, and He will get you there. He will get you there. Even with detours, we can find our way to the ultimate destination, but we have to stick with it. That's what these verses say here. So don't throw it all away now. You were so sure of yourself then, it's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out, staying with God's plan, so you'll be there for the promised completion. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. This is saying don't give up. Detours are not about giving up. They're about finding our way. And that's why they're there. And there's this great story. It's actually a letter. It's in the Old Testament. And it's a letter to the nation Israel. Now, let me give you a be- little bit of background information. So, uh, way back, the Exodus, you know, they Ten Commandments, all that thing. They left Egypt, the nation Israel, and because they disobeyed God and they didn't trust God, they had their own detour. It lasted 40 years. Sometimes they last a while. This one lasted 40 years. And eventually it was over, and then God said, I'm going to take you to a land of your own. And we think, well, it's, they got a plot of ground, that's kind of nice. But land there really represents rest and sometimes represents shalom. And it has that kind of, it's kind of figurative that way. And God said he would be their God, and they would be his people, and if they followed his ways, his guidance and directive, everything would be great. He would lead them to the ultimate destination of peace. Read through Deuteronomy. That's what it's all about. Well, you fast forward, you know, a whole bunch of 100 years, and the people of Israel have stopped following God's ways. They're not doing his directives. They're not following his guidelines. Uh, They think that they know better. And God says, hmm, I don't like the direction these people are going, and I will put a roadblock. And part of the reason he puts this roadblock in their way is because of danger, some because of discipline, some is because they're misaligned, others because of their choices, and some of them are distracted uh, to other gods. And here's something I think. The more reasons we have this detour, the bigger they usually are. Well, the nation Israel, we have to understand, was one time one nation. There was Israel. After King Solomon, because he disobeyed God, God said the kingdom would divide, and it did divide, kind of in a civil war. And Israel became a country on its own to the north, and part of what was former Israel became Judah to the south. And God raised up a prophet. It's funny, I'm doing this series, and I keep talking about the prophets, but it seems these stories are so practical, so filled with wisdom. So God raised up this prophet to speak to Judah. His name is Jeremiah. He's not a bullfrog, but he's... Some old people got that. (laughs) And he is supposed to speak to Judah to warn them 
that if they don't change their ways, God is going to bring some pretty significant detours in their lives. The people, like, it's like they plug their ears and say, nah, and they treat him miserably. They treat him, they mock him, they threaten him. They don't pay attention in any way, shape, or form. Now, Israel's already been defeated by Babylon, and they are already uh, living as exiles. They are living in a land as servants, but it's against their will. And maybe it's because Jeremiah the prophet is kind of tired of warning Judah that he sits down and he pens a letter as God's words are in that letter. They are the words of God to the exiles. And that's what we find in Jeremiah 29, 4 to 14. Now, part of this is a familiar passage. What divides this passage up is these words, the Lord God Almighty. Kind of gives us a framework, kind of gives us a direction. And so let's look at God's solution, how to move forward when we hit a detour. That's what this is really all about. This is the instruction. So this is what the first thing says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. That's, they were arranged marriages. And give your daughters in marriage, same thing. So that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because of it. Because if it prospers, you will prosper as well. You know what he says? You've got lots of freedom. You've got some things, you know, there's some parameters. You can, you can respond one way or another because of the freedom. And basically what he is saying is, you know what I want you to do? I want you to live normal lives. I want you to make the best of it. And I want you to pray. That's what I want you to do. That's the message. This is basically what he's saying. When we hit a detour, respond positively and prayerfully. That's what he's saying. You see, how we respond when the detours come is so critical. So many people get down on themselves and feel like giving up and woe is me and life is miserable and I'm stuck and it'll never be the same and I'll never find any peace. God says, no, 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 that's not how I want you to experience these detours. I want you to make the most of it. Yeah, it's not always going to be easy and sometimes they're going to be challenging, but I want you to make the most of it. I don't want you to, I don't, it, it doesn't have to be a totally bad experience. And God says, don't try to run from it. Don't try to hide from it. Don't make it worse. Don't get stuck. Just make the most of it. And here's how, why he can say that. Because he meets us in the detours. He does. God is present in the detours. You know, I watch people for a variety of reasons. They hit these detours. These, you know, they kind of these walls that stand in their way. And they get so down in the dumps. And so, woe is me and pity, party and self-focus and life is hard and on and on they go. You know what I often say to them? You know what might help you to just change your perspective? Maybe you should go and serve somewhere. Or maybe you need to give something to someone. Or maybe you need to make a difference in someone's life. And that's what he's saying here. Pray for the city. Don't just get so self-absorbed, but pray for them. Pray for them. He's saying, you know, maybe while you're in the detour, you're going to learn some new skills. Maybe you're going to develop character. Maybe you'll be still enough and you'll listen to God and he'll show you where he really wants you to be. Or maybe, you know, it'll bring reflection on why you're there. Or maybe it'll help you understand better who you've hurt and why you've hurt them and what's happened. There's lots of things that we can learn. And there's lots of things that can happen that are positive. It's a time to be used well, not wallow in self-pity. Sometimes we think the exile was simply to discipline Israel. Not true. 
That was part of it. The other part of the exile was so that people who were the children of God in their detour would have an influence around them. That's why he says, pray for them, because if they prosper, you prosper. That's what Daniel, he took that attitude. He was one of those in exile. He could have said, ah, this is unfair, this stinks, I hate this, I'm just going to kind of sit in a little corner and do nothing. No, Daniel, he got involved and he had influence and he made a difference to kings and leaders because he said, I'm going to make the most of this time. If he had said, woe is me, not fair, what would have happened? He didn't. See, how we, have, how we handle a detour has a huge influence on others, huge influence. And some of us hit detours and we're afraid to move forward to take next steps and we get stuck. God says, move forward. I'm with you. Don't linger here. Start to move forward. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes the steps are, take a while to discern. But he says, don't get stuck. And you know, we can despise detours and be angry. We can be discouraged, lose hope, and give up. Or we can endure them. We can make the most of them. And it helps us move forward. Second thing is this. Jeremiah 29, 8, 9. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying uh, lies to you in my name. Now, I just want, before I flip the next slide, I just want to make mention of something because it's really important. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. What that line really means is you are listening to the dreams that they think you want to hear. See, these people were in exile, and they were going to these prophets and saying, how long? And they're going, mm, how long do you want it to be? Well, I don't want it to be long. Okay, I see God says it's going to be a year. They're predicting the future. And then he says, you know, you just hang in there, and a year will be here. And, and he's saying, don't do that. Because these are lies. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. I have not to send them. See, this is what I think is really important when we hit a detour. Don't be forced into the future if someone else wants for you. Wherever you're on a journey, don't be forced into the future if someone else wants for you. Here's the old saying, God loves you and everyone else has a plan for your life. And other people, well-intentioned family members and friends, have hopes and dreams for your life, and they think they know what it will take for you to find peace. And when you hit a, a detour, they even know better, and they give more advice, and they have their opinions of what you should do and steps you should take and what the future will look like. And sometimes they're aligned with God's direction, and that's a good thing. And they'll lead to the God's destination, and that's, that's, that's good. But so often, they don't align with God's direction. And when they don't, we don't find peace and we maybe even face other detours. Sometimes we follow this advice, the plans and destination of others, and, and, and it not only keeps us stuck here, but gets in the way of steps forward. You know, in our culture, they got, oh, here's how you handle peace. This is how you find peace. This is the way you get peace. And they kind of say, and this is the way you, this is what you, you should do to get it. But... Those are counterfeit dreams and plans and directions. And they will only lead to disappointment and future detours. I know this to be true. Growing up, when I was a young kid, I wanted to be a doctor. I planned all my high school courses around it, all my university courses around it. I dreamed of what that would be like and the money that I would make. Um, and then I kind of got disillusioned. And I realized to myself, I don't think this is the dream I really want, although sometimes I wonder what it would have been like. I don't think this is the dream I want. In fact, I'm convinced it's the dream my mom wants. And I remember kind of stepping aside from that direction, and my mom was deeply disappointed. 
because she had the dream, I think, more than I did. I have a brother. Um, he's, a, he's a pastor, and I think he likes what he does most of the time, but I don't see his heart at peace. My brother is so good with his hands. He's such a good work, woodworker. Um, I, he can build furniture and, 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 and build things, and I wonder, did he follow the path that he wanted to go, or did he feel like somehow this would please my parents, my dad who's a pastor? I have another brother. You know, you're going to think my parents are really awful in a moment, but I have another brother who I believe is a gifted artist and designer. But my parents discouraged him. They said, there's no money in art. And so he chose another job. But I look into his life and his heart, and I sometimes I go, there is no peace. You see, we have to be careful. Others can give us advice. They can speak in, but we've got to discern. Is this alignment, is this leading to that destination? We've got to figure that out. Or we won't find peace. We'll just get detoured all over. And I want to say to you moms and dads, don't force your kids into your dreams for them. Don't be in charge of designing their future. Let them explore their gifts and their passions and abilities and desires, and then let them follow that. Because it can lead to detours when we follow someone else's dreams for our life. Third thing, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place for which I carried you into exile. This is what he's saying right here. God can put you back on track after a detour, and he will. He will. The detour is not the destination. It's a roadblock. You're not going to be stuck here the rest of your life. God will put you back on track, but it's going to be in his time and through his direction. He told them 70 years. They're probably going, mm, I thought it was going to be shorter than that. No, no. Sometimes when God puts us back on track, it takes time and we need to be patient. We need to be patient. Sometimes they're short detours. We love those. Sometimes they take longer. And sometimes they take really, really long, and it's believing with confidence that God will lead us out of this detour and back on the right road to the right destination. Sometimes it feels like there's this uncertain future, and we're not going to survive the detour or get out, but God can and God will get you back on track. That is a great promise, but it is a promise that comes with another reality, and that is getting back on track without some pain is usually not possible. Getting realigned to our future without pain doesn't happen very often. You see, when the detours seem uncertain, God's not uncertain about where you're going. When you feel your power is limited, God is limitless. When your hopes are fragile, God is hope himself. <clears throat> and I believe this is true about Lakeside right now. We have been in a little detour, maybe a big detour, over the last couple of years, and we have been distracted, and we've made some choices, to, uh, decisions financially, and in some hiring, and some other decisions. And I think that has got us off track. We've got distracted. On top of that, I really believe that we've got self-reliant in our thinking. I think we thought to ourselves, we can do anything we put our mind to. If we have the right competency, and if we have the right methods, and if we get the right team and the right people, we will reach the right goal. But it was us. We were trying to figure it out. And we got kind of 
self-reliance, that we can make it happen. On top of that, I think we got a little bit proud, maybe a lot proud. I think there are times when we thought we had captured the corner when it comes to what church should be. And we saw all this growth and we saw these results and we thought, we're the best, nobody's better, look at us. And I take responsibility and I take it seriously as the senior leader. You see, I think God has put us in this detour because I think he wants to humble us. And I think God has put us in this detour to teach us some lessons. Humility is one. And I believe God reliance is the other. I really do. That we would make wise and God-honoring choices. That we would seek him in everything. That we wouldn't get distracted. And I believe God is about to show us the way back because he gets you back on track. Not so much that we will have shalom, but we will. But I think so that our community will find shalom because we live in a world that is so hungry for peace. They want that destination. That's what they're seeking after. That God is, I think, giving us some new thinking and some new thoughts and some new ideas that will put us back on track, but will bring peace to our city and beyond. And I've been praying and journaling and trying to sense where God is leading. And he's beginning to lead our leaders, uh, and he's beginning to reveal a pathway back. And I believe God will put us on track again. But there is one thing we need to do, and it's a Bible word, and sometimes we misunderstand it, and the word is repent. It's more than changing our mind. It's more than going in another direction, although that's part of it. That's a small part of what the word means. That's the Greek side of it. But the Hebrew side, the side that says shalom, the idea of repenting is to go and turn from where you're going and turn back towards God and turn back towards his shalom. The goal of repentance is to find shalom all over again. That is the goal. And this, maybe in this detour, we need to do that. I believe we do. And we need to say, God, we rely completely on you. And God, we are going to uh, humbly listen to your wisdom and to your guidance and to your leading. And you might need that too. Just say, oh God, these are the reasons I want to return. We come to the last part of this section. These are the verses you know, those of you who have been around church anytime. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Now, it's interesting. Let me just stop there. God says, I've got plans. I've got direction. I've got guidance for you. Plans to prosper. Some of us go, oh, how nice plans to prosper. This word in Hebrew, shalom. Plans to shalom you. That just didn't fit. Plans to prosper you. Shalom and prosperity are tied together in the the proper way. And plans to not harm you. I'm not going to wound you and hurt you. It's plans to give you hope and a future. He's the God of hope. He's going to give you hope. God's got a future in mind for you. You'll call on me and you'll come to me. See, it doesn't just come like fairy dust from heaven. It says you will call on me and come and pray to me. You'll get down on your knees and say, okay, God, help us to find this plan. Let us find it. We get down. We get, you know, sort of blank pages in front of us and say, God, lead And he says, God will listen to you, but we need to also be listening to God, and we need to seek God, and we need to find God, and we need to seek him with all our heart. You want to get out of the detour, and you want to get back aligned and heading to the destination of peace. It takes this. God has a desired destination, but you need to seek after it. You need to seek after it. You see, too often in the detour, we stop seeking 
we stop coming to God. We start praying. Sometimes we think we are doing it, but we're not. I mean, when you're in a detour, that needs to be a time of intense seeking and praying and coming to God with all your heart, with all of your passion. I believe in the last six months, our leaders and staff here at Lakeside, we've been doing this, but I don't think we sought God with the same kind of passion before that in this detour. And I think that some people spend more time in the detour because they just don't seek after God. They just get kind of stuck. And they try to get all other, all other kinds of advice, insight, and direction, but never God's. And they don't get out of the detour or they find themselves in another. But this is a great promise that God has a desired definition, but we need to seek after Him to find it. And so maybe this morning you have had detours and you're going, yep, it's all true. Or maybe right now, like some of us, we're in a detour. And maybe you know why. Maybe you don't. Not sure the reasons why. But you're there anyway. Uh, your desire is not to stay stuck, but to move forward. And you need to be reminded that while you're in this detour, make the most of it. Find out what God can do in the detour. Don't get caught up listening to the advice of others and follow someone else's dream. You have to make sure that you have this confidence that God is going to put you back on track. And then God will reveal a new direction. He knows the destination, but a new direction to that destination. But you got to seek Him. And you got to do it with all your heart. And I really wish that for Lakeside. I really hope that's what we do. But I really even more wish it for you. That if you feel stuck today in some kind of a detour, and it's been a while, God wants to move you forward. But you've got to seek Him for it. Let's pray. So, Father God, today I just praise you and thank you that you're the God of the detours. And so often you divinely uh, appoint them in our pathway because you want to teach us something or to grow us or to reshape us or uh, whatever. Sometimes we cause them. Sometimes you bring about them. Whatever, when we get there, Lord God, when we get there, will we seek you? Will we seek you? Will we not wallow in, 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 in hopelessness and self-pity, but may we make the most of it, whatever that looks like? Will we start to take steps forward? Will we clearly find our direction from you? And Lord, may your direction be supported by others, but not the other way around. I pray, Lord God, that we would have that confidence that you are leading, and I pray that we would seek you with all our heart in all that we do, because that's how we find and arrive at the destination of peace. For those who are in detours now, Lord God, speak, speak, speak clearly through your Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. To hear it again or other messages, please visit us at lakesidechurch.ca.